being a catalyst, um, one of the attributes is curiosity. You have to be curious. And I real I saw that throughout the, the different colors in, um, in the book. And one who is a lifelong learner, right? Yes, I know. Yes, you hone your skill, but you're constantly learning. You're constantly perfecting. You're constantly honing your skill. Hi. I'm Shannon Lucas. I'm one of the co-CEOs of Catalyst Constellations, which is dedicated to catalyzing innate change makers to accelerate positive change. And I'm Justin Scott Campbell. I am a DEI consultant and leadership executive coach. This is our podcast, Catalyzing, Catalyzing a, a Culture, culture of, inclusion. of Inclusion, where we highlight catalysts who have taken the brave step of moving into DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion work, leadership in large organizations. We hope this mini-series is a space of learning, encouragement, and ultimately community and connection. If you're new to DEI and or the world of Catalyst, we hope you'll enjoy. I'm thrilled to welcome Zainab Hader, who's been doing DEI work for 10 years and refers to DEI as a discipline. She leads DEI through a three-pronged approach, behavioral and structural inclusion, as well as an ecosystem approach, that is looking at systems of inclusion that we can impact and that impact us. Currently, she's the senior adversity, uh, sorry, senior advisor for diversity, equity, inclusion at the Cigna Group, and has designed work around inclusive leadership and creating a culture of belonging. Prior to this, Zainab was a senior consultant with the Ivy Planning Group, providing DEI assessments, strategy, consulting, coaching, and training services to leading Fortune 500 organizations and government agencies. She holds a master in human resource management with a focus in diversity and inclusion from Georgetown University. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, Zainab, thank you for being here. Um, so our first question is, we'd love to know um, what and how do you, as a DEI leader, how do you relate to the, the concept of being a catalyst? Oh, gosh. Um, I read the book and immediately I was drawn to it. I got hooked because mm -hmm. for the first time, and I, I, I wrote down my notes here, so, so bear with me. Um, the definition of catalyst defined me. The experiences I read, the stories I read um, were all things that I related to. And it was powerful because I just thought I was, you know, this oddball, this is just who I am. And then when you realize there's a community out there, it's very much so affirming. It's identity affirming. I realize a catalyst truly is an identity. It's one of the levels yeah. of identities that we have um so to be to get the affirmation with with like others within the community was really powerful you did you don't feel alone anymore um the other thing is i i saw my myself in the different <clears throat> examples for example how when you see a problem or 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 see an opportunity immediately you, you start solutioning, right? You see a vision for it and you already know, oh my God, this is what I would do to get, get us there. And, and how that could be frustrating for me and frustrating for others when they don't have that same clarity. And it really resonated because I get this all the time. I'm butting heads with people that don't have that clarity. Um, the urgency to move. That really was a huge thing for me. To me, when I see something, it's like, why are we still, why, why are we still here? What, Let's go. We already know what our North Star is. We already know how to get there. Let's go. So that urgency to act is a real, real essence for me. Um, and then I also realized through this process that being a catalyst, um, one of the attributes is curiosity. You have to be curious. And I real I saw that throughout the, the different colors in, um, in the book. And one who is a lifelong learner. 
right? Yes, I know. Yes, you hone your skill, but you're constantly learning. You're constantly perfecting. You're constantly honing your skill. Um, so that concept and seeing seeing myself in the in the stories um, was refreshing. It was refreshing and empowering. Well, welcome to the Catalyst community. We're thrilled to have you. <laughs> Yay! Thank you. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, so, you know, let's start off with one or two of the essential skills that have made you successful as a catalyst leading DI and maybe some stories of how they've helped you, or maybe there were times when you didn't have them and now you're like, oh, I failed because I didn't have that thing. Yeah. Um, so that I'm going to take us back to when I first came to the U.S. Um, and I'll tell you, so, so one, one of the skills that really has helped me be where I am today in, in the DI space, but, but in general, as a, as a practitioner and professional, um, is really recognizing your strengths and your opportunities and reside there. Like really own it and it's okay to own it. And I say okay to own it because A, I'm an introvert and B, I come from um, an Eastern culture where it's not about your wins, it's about what is the community um, voice, it's the community wins. And so for me to step into my strengths, is it, it goes against my brain. Um, so let me take us back. I, we came to the US, um, me and my parents when I was about five or six years old. So. And I come from an Eastern upbringing. So being in the US was a real shock to my system, shock to my whole family, right? So, and I was very different. I stood out, right? Different language, different faith, different music and food and dress and look. And so being five and six and, you know, seven years old, you don't want to be different. You stand out and that difference makes you less than or weird or negative, right? You, there's a lot of negativity attached to, to being different. Um, and so at a very early age, I was very intrigued with the human behavior, how we interact with each other. You know, those that are like us, those that are different than us. Um, my parents are physicians, my parents are doctors and, and they, they have an accent. They came to the US obviously later on in life and so they have a strong accent. Mind you, they are, they are doctors. And so the, the feedback that they got because of their um, accent was just inhumane, right? People made all these assumptions about them. They're not educated, they're blah, blah, blah. You know, these people are doctors, my God sakes. I mean, they are intelligent, they speak more than one language. It's, it says something about how we treat each other as human beings. So seeing that and growing up with that and, and knowing how you're made to feel, I know I'm different, but when you're made to feel different, that's a whole other playing field. Um, and then growing up, you know, in college and, and thereafter, I had all this tension because those things that I was made to feel bad about and different about, to me, were the strongest part of who I am. It is all I knew, and it was the best. When, I, when you wanted me to show up strong, I showed up with those differences. And when I don't show up with those differences, I don't know me. I don't know me, and I'm the, I feel like I'm the weakest link. So you had this internal tension, and, it was, and it's ongoing. You know, so how do you show up and be who you are and communicate that to others without losing yourself and without assimilating and without doubting yourself? Um, it is a lifelong journey, um, but this is why I say stepping into those differences and your strength, because those differences are my strengths. 
those areas of opportunities, you also have to be cognizant of because if you're not, it can be used against you and now it can really hurt you. So recognize where those opportunities are and also step into them. Um, so that scale of just that self-awareness and being who you are, un unapologetic, but certainly take the time to explain to those who want to expand their mind and have that sense of positive curiosity, step in, lean into that. So powerful and it's so interesting. We don't know the data <clears throat> about whether catalysts are born or formed early on. But I love where you landed in the sense of otherness, and this was in your, your, your definition of catalyst in a way. You're like, oh, it contextualizes part of my otherness, if you will. That's also a superpower. When it sounds like you started studying that when you were like five, how old were you when you when you got this insight that you're sharing with us, which is so important for catalysts to understand, like stand in your power as a catalyst, yes. right? Don't try and give that power up because the world needs us now more than ever. But I'm wondering, was there a moment? It sounds like maybe college was a transformational moment. When did when did you realize you're like, I'm just going to be who I am. And that is the value that I bring those differences. Yeah, how funny. Um, I would say it was definitely after college. I, I honed in more on it. You know what I mean? I, I Luckily, I never assimilated because I, quite honestly, I just didn't know how to. I didn't know how to be that other person mm. that they wanted me to be, you know? So I, I it wasn't until much later, and I think this is why it made sense for me to do DEI and study DEI because I learned it growing up, but it was very personal and emotional. And I needed to understand why is this tension still happening in me? Mm -hmm. You know, so I went back to school. It was important for me to understand the theory, right? And have that roots in theory of, of history of difference and how it is and why it is and how we're socialized and how it shapes us and how we shape our identity and how we're treated because of our identity and really understand that theory part of it. And then I was very intentional about when I finished that theory, I actually wound up, because I changed my trajectory of my career very late in life. I was in hospitality. And so I loved that. I was there for 18 years. And I said, I want to dedicate my life to DEI. So I knew nobody. I knew nothing. I knew I had no background in DEI work. So I, I knew the, the best way to immerse myself was to do consulting, because there you're learning so much in such a short period of time. You have so many clients in such a short period of time. So that's where I did. I took there. I, I took my, my experience, I took my theory and really applied it in that practical consulting space, and it was powerful. Um, so then is really when I started understanding what was happening a little bit more, and it gave me my name, it gave me my identity. I can really step into my identity and say, I know why I have tension and I'm okay with it because I will always be me. And if you want the best of me, allow me to be me. Thank you for sharing that. And you said something also related to that about like, you know, when people are curious, invite them into your story to help them understand the differences. I'm wondering how that plays out in your role as a DEI leader. And if you have any insights, because there's probably a lot of people who aren't curious <laughs> and have walls to seeing that and how you how you help. But if we can't help those people lean into everyone's differences, we can't truly create an inclusive um, and sense of belonging. Shannon, I love what you just said. Immediately, I think of trust. Mm. It is earned. I'm not going to just 
no, no, it is earned because I've seen how it can be used against you. I can, I've seen how, um, I'm not a story of it constantly telling my story. It really is something that is very much so earned and, and good example. I always tell people, people who, when I say my name and they mispronounce my name the second time, if I don't correct you, that's a clear indication. I don't plan on investing in that relationship. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to see you again. I don't really care if you put your money. If I correct you, that's a good indication. I'm telling you, you and I are going to have a relationship in some way. Please say my name right. It nice. means something to me. So a very good indication. And again, where it goes that that trust. See, you didn't you don't have to do anything to earn my trust to give you money, but it, it's it's something that I say, am I going to invest in this relationship and this individual that I see a future with them? Um, and something as as I wouldn't say basic, but something as identifying as a name to correct that and invite someone into your story is powerful. And I love the clarity that, you know, we talk a lot about emotional labor in these conversations and it is, that's a really nice clarity. It's like, I know you can be clear about when you want to put in the emotional labor to help them with your name and bring them along on the relationship development and not. One final question before we move on, you also, so it was like sort of know yourself and stand in your power and lean into the opportunities where you can maximize your power. Do you have advice for Catalyst for how to identify those opportunities that are really aligned to the, to the value that they're bringing to the table? Yeah, I think we get indications throughout our lifetime. It's just, are you aware of them? Are you not afraid enough to, to, to see what those are? Um, and I say, have enough courage and mindfulness to see if there's a pattern. If it's a one-off, listen, you had a bad day. You know, but if there's a pattern of th this tends to be that I don't trust people enough. I don't, um, I don't like being on stage a lot, right? Like recognize what those are and see if there's a pattern and those that you want to invest in fixing, go for it. You're not going to say, there's probably opportunities that you shouldn't even invest in because you don't have time to do all that, right? Oh, so recognize what those are, but recognize it. So in those moments, you can actually say, this is not something that I'm strong in. I recognize that. I'm here to support, I'm here to co-lead, but I'm not going to lead. Tell me how I can help. Yeah. You know what and I mean? That, and really be okay with that. Yeah. And I, and I really like that idea of kind of recognizing, and again, that theme of self-awareness, right? Um, of knowing yourself as a leader, maybe with some of those growth edges. So speaking of kind of in that same realm, what are some of the challenges that you face as a DEI catalyst leader right now in your role? Yeah. This is a big one for me because <laughs> I still go through it. Um, and I had to write it down because I want to make sure I say the right thing. Oh, easy enough. No one went to stop. Just stop. Yeah. Meaning no one went the right depth and breadth that you're going to give to a task and really be okay with that. Because I have full passion, full commitment to getting something done right. And I realized this is the whole idea of good enough. I was, I was introduced to this concept of good enough and it blew my mind because I thought, good enough, then why do it? Why do anything if you're just going to do it good enough? It just it was a phenomenon that was beyond me. I heard it once and I thought, huh, interesting. I'll noodle on it. I'll, I'll see how I can you know, grow from that. It's a seed. Let me see, let me see if I can nurture it. And then a couple months later, I heard it again from another person and I thought, well, son of a gun, there's a pattern. This, there's a thing here with me. And so I realized, actually, that is some good sound advice. 
for me. It was gallant sound advice for me because I tend to not just do something good enough. And it depends on context, right? The situation, the task at hand, the leaders who are going to be helping bring about this change. Um, how ready are they? And if it, good enough might be what's good. I just recently saw the movie um, Air, right? The, the, the Nike Michael Jordan uh, movie. Um, and there was a quote in there that really, I actually had to pause. And they said, sometimes all you can do is the best you can do. Mm. And I love it. If this is all I can do, then that's my best. That's it. I'm done. Right? So this idea of knowing when to stop for the moment and not on your own gauge, because my gauge will take us further, but knowing when to stop and be okay with that, done. High five, move on. Yeah. And so as you're doing this and kind of figuring out the, you know, when to stop and is, is there support that you have in your role and uh, from folks around you or even just in your life that kind of help you maybe even be that kind of canary in the coal mine and kind of be like, hey, maybe it's time to stop on this or you know, how, how, how do you navigate that? Yeah, I love that. Um, my, my gauge for that are people that are other catalysts. Because if I don't ask catalysts, it really is going to be good enough, but it's really like mediocre good enough. But I ask the other catalysts because they'll be able to be my accountability, but I say, oh no, Zainab, this is great. Step back. You know, let the train continue without you. Like, you're good. Because to me, I grade myself to those ahead, right? I, I need to be where I need to be here, right? And so as long as they really give me that feedback, wow, this is really solid at this point, step back, I'm good with that. I just have to jump in. It's such a catalyst thing because our bar is so high compared with other people. And so often our 80% is still more yes. than other people deliver but you need a catalyst to help mirror that for you love it yes and thus the burnout right because you're constantly going exactly you're right constantly exactly yep. right yeah is really quickly is there a, is there a specific story of when you kind of saw some kind of yellow flag or red flag that led you to now like this is enough like i need to stop or uh, anything that comes up in terms of in, especially so that folks can kind of have a sense for like what are some of the maybe warning signs of when maybe to, to step back or to pull back on something. Yeah. You know, especially in DEI work and especially right now where we are, there is a lot of backlash, right? And a lot of, a lot of resistance and a lot of reverse, you name it, right? And so fighting that fight, you, it's defeating, right? So let me take you to what's comfortable and what's good, not what's comfortable for you, quite honestly, because what's comfortable for you is going to take me back five steps. What's comfortable and what's going to uphold the integrity of this work, and I want to step back. So stop fighting the fight. Do what's right for the project and for the task at hand, and then leave it. They will then take it on on their own. You know what I'm but for me to fight the fight, make the business case, perfect, get the feedback, perfect it and re, re, relaunch it and re, no, 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 leave it. This is where we are. And then focus elsewhere. Maybe the business case here, maybe the resistors here, but don't do it all because it, it's defeating. You, you're not going to get it all right. Yeah, it seems like as a catalyst, doing the next right thing, you know, seems to be a lot of times it's good to have the big plan but figuring out what the next thing is to move to, you know, is such, just such powerful. Okay, so we're gonna move into a bit of the, uh, the rapid fire. Are you ready? Yes. 
All right, here we go. So I got a bit of noise. I apologize um, in the background. But what's one thing you do uh, to get ready for a big meeting? Um, so obviously study and prep, right? So the, the the content without without saying. But one thing that I always do is I have a checklist that I actually have as reminders for myself. On the checklist, I have things like don't defend the work, don't defend yourself, breathe, um, silence is okay. When you get a reminder that there's resistors in the room, and when those resistors ask you a question that's triggering, rephrase it and re-ask the question of them, re-ask the question of the audience so that you're not constantly defending the work and defending yourself. Um, so, so these reminders really help ground me um, going in. That's great, thank you so much um, for that. Uh, the next question is, favorite way to spend a free day? Hate to say, but alone, good book, on a body of water somewhere, silence is a virtue. Um, so I definitely like silence, I think, because my mind is constantly going. So just having that calmness is nice. Um, and then later on, a couple of hours to really be with um, family to kind of recharge from them as well. Yes, silence. <laughs> so great. <laughs> All right. Favorite famous catalyst, alive or dead, and why? So I'm gonna I'm gonna chicken out on this one. I really thought about this a lot, and I really don't have a single one. And I'll tell you why. To me, catalysts are people. I, I will say this. However, I have high expectations of catalysts that do work that impacts multiple people. For example, educators. Um, physicians. You're not impacting one person, you're impacting that one person's entire community, right? So family, uh, like uh, others like them. So to me, um, those catalysts that do that work and really keep it together are my favorite catalysts. Any, any names you want to throw in there? Any particular ones? Um, Your parents maybe? My parents, for sure, I see they work, they do, they go an uphill battle, right? Like I said, they, they are not from here. And so um, just the, the self-respect you must have and, and upholding people's dignity um, is, is honorable. I love that. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing those uh, with us and especially naming your parents and honoring honoring them in that way that's that's beautiful um is there a call to action that you'd like to share with uh with listeners i do please please help me do this um listeners they are the following um give yourself some grace um don't care more than the client we tend to care more than the client on on making things better progress not perfection um Acknowledge acts of kindness when they are done to you, when you see it done to others. Acknowledge that, call it out so others can see what those look like. Um, teach people about you. So when you have these internal tensions I mentioned, tell people, right? Maybe this is from my cultural background. Maybe this is from my being an introvert, but this is how I'm feeling. Um, so teach people you. Um, 
And one thing that I always ask leaders and coach leaders on is to make sure that DEI is part of your success measurements. Justin, you said earlier, and I love it, it was such a great um, segue, um, how do you measure success? In any projects that we have, right? One of the questions is how do you measure success? So make sure that DEI is part of that measurement. So for example, me as a leader, when a solution is brought to me or, or getting started on say, who was involved in the solutioning, right? Who's who are we missing? Who was part of that? Number one, to give credit where credit is due. And make, number two, to make sure that we're getting multiple voices if the solution is supposed to be for multiple communities. Um, the other reason why to ask it is to ensure that the solution is really going to be a very equitable solution, that we're not leaving out people who end up using it will not be um, uh, treated or experience it differently. Um, so make sure that a measure of success is, is a solution that really is intended to the audience and inclusive of the intended audience. Zainab, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. Uh, your energy is infectious. I know that you are an introvert, but your energy just beams through the screen. So thank you very much for that. And we're excited to watch the progress that you're making changing the world. Thank you for doing that, the work that you're doing. Shanna, I appreciate you, Justin. I appreciate you. Thank you for the opportunity. I loved, loved, loved thank doing this. Awesome. To our listeners, thanks so much for listening. Be sure to check out our book, Move Fast, Break Shit, Burnout. And if you'd like to learn more about how to accelerate positive change, go to our website at catalystconstellations.com. And if you have other catalysts in your life, hit the share button and send a link their way.